Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, just a warning. The following episode contains extraordinarily violent and graphic sexual content. So if you feel like you're going to be triggered or if you're not up for it today, that's totally fine. Maybe give it a miss and we'll see you next week. When I was a kid, my dad was a cop. You see, my dad was a cop in the 1980s in Sydney, which has been widely regarded as one of the most dangerous times to be a police officer in Australia. It was basically the Wild West. So I wrote a book about it. It was called Loose Units, and then we did a podcast about it. Loose Units Season 1 was an incredible experience, and we loved every minute of it. But it turns out that Dad did more than just patrol the streets. He plunged headfirst into the terrifying world of forensics. So on this season of Loose Units, that's what we're doing. We're going deep into the world of forensics and fingerprints and all of that good stuff. Well, I say good stuff, actually things got worse than ever. So strap in for Loose Units Season 2, Electric Blue. Hello and welcome to Loose Units. I'm Paul Verhoeven. My dad, John Verhoeven, is sitting across from me. Dad, did you remember to turn your clocks back for Daylight Savings? No, I didn't. Why Why didn't you do that? Um, I'm not sure. All right, well, I mean... It didn't appear important to me at the time. Right, okay. Well, for I, I assumed... Perhaps cops. that's why I missed the plane. Maybe. Maybe that's why. Um, a very, very special hello today to our international listeners. Dad, can you guess where the highest amount of our international listeners live? Um, I'll, pay, I'll tell you is what. Is it a city or a country? Uh, let's go with country. Okay. Um, I'm a like elite in northern Alaska. Uh, swing and a miss. I'll tell uh, you what. London. Uh, no. No. Cairo. Uh, Cairo. No, no. We do have, we actually have listeners in we Cairo. Do. So hello to, hello to our Cairo listeners. And uh, you know the most creepy thing about this show? We have one listener in Russia. Just one, I guarantee you, they are monitoring us for sedition. I, I'll tell you what, Dad, here's a fun bet. I will pay you $100 cash right now if you can guess what our sixth biggest overseas uh, listener base is. What country? Um, I'd say it's Romania. No. Thank God I don't have cash on me. It's Indonesia. Oh, fascinating. We have a lot of listeners in Indonesia. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, we have heaps of listeners in... So just a quick shout out from Dad and I to our listeners over in the States. Hello. Um, hello to our New Zealand listeners. Hello to everyone listening in the UK, across in London, Edinburgh, everywhere else. We have a lot of listeners around the world. We Dad. do. It's incredible. It's- and I was with you when you actually did some um, sort of statistical analysis, yeah. a breakdown, and, and it, we're pretty well in most countries in the world. It's crazy how many people are listening. You know, some are expats. Some are just you know people who like true crime. But honestly, um, just this is really, we've never actually just barreled the camera, so to speak, and just said, hey, if you're overseas and you're listening to Loose Units, an extremely Australian true crime podcast, thank you. We really, we really appreciate it. Well, look, I thought, I mean, I thought it could be fun just to go through and look at some of the places where people are listening, uh, some of the specific places, but I mean, I'll, I'll do that later. Mm-hmm. I, I, suffice to say, we also have listeners in Japan and 
Egypt and it's amazing. Morocco. Yeah. It, it's Incredible. amazing. It's amazing. so it's so great. Yeah. Well, look, this is Loose Units, the true crime podcast where myself, uh, Paul, I talk to my dad, uh, John. He's an ex-cop from the 80s in Sydney. And dad went into forensics. Um, dad, you said you had some cases this week which were a little bit um a little bit hairy. Mm. Uh, I've got one that um is uh, it's a tough one, mm. um, and I'm not quite sure how deep to go. And, and some people, I mean, I do. Unfortunately, I read some of the reviews. Most are really amazing, but some people sort of say, "Oh, look, you know, stop warning us." Well, yeah, but imagine if I don't, then people go, "Yeah, well, why didn't you warn us?" I think. So, I mean, I'm yeah. sort of between a rock and a hard place. Sure. In the 19 late 70s, yep, the disco rage was big in Sydney, and used to be able to go to uh, discos mm. and they had illuminated, um, <laughs> elevated dance floors. I was picturing you in a poncho with an afro. No, no, no. I, I, I had some pretty... I was pretty hip. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm not laughing at I, the idea I, that I, I, One of my favourite outfits was actually a safari suit. Oh, wow. And if anyone would like to Google that, uh, go ahead. And I had platform shoes, two-tone floor shine platform shoes. Oh my god. Uh so and 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 for those that don't know me, I'm I am, you know, I'm at least six foot tall. Yeah. Which is one eighty something or other. One eighty seven or something. And then with these ridiculous shoes on, it was I almost suffered vertigo. <laughs> okay. It used to take me to another place. And I used to go to discos and on the northern beaches of Sydney there was this particular hotel called the Stain Hotel. I remember. And it was a great place to, you know, just you know, whatever. Mm. And there was a particular uh they had like a carvery because the weird thing about um, in the late 70s, early 80s, when you went to an establishment, you also sometimes to get into these places, you had to have a meal was part of the, the rule. Sure. So I, you, yeah, I remember that I, I used to work at Video Easy in Manly and we would go to the Stain. We'd mm. do the three to midnight shift and then we'd run across the road to the Stain mm. and we'd just neck pints of Guinness and play pool. But mm. uh, was it significantly sketchier back in the 70s? Well, it was, look, well, late, late 70s, I mean, it was just weird. Like you'd, I don't know, look, you know, look, the, there is a reason that I'm telling you this, Paul, and that is that there was a particular guy, yeah. and I, I knew him, I didn't know, not as a friend, but, you know, I just knew his face, Sure. and he was, he worked in the servery, he used to carve the meat up. Okay, uh, and that's just what, like a guy, what, like a kebab, rotisserie, no, no, chicken? No, no, like they'd have a, like a leg of lamb, and, right. and a big shoulder of beef, and, and chicken, and all sorts of stuff, and he, his job was to sort of carve the meat, Yep. And with tongs, put it on your plate, then you'd move and you'd, you know, they'd put some veggies on it. Was he a just... nice guy? He was nondescript. Um, he looked a bit rough, I thought. Okay. Um, and what? he was German. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yep. So, and I, and I sort of knew his face. And then a few years later, mm. when I was in uh, Fingerprints, yes, I got a call one day. And again, for those that have read the book, will know that Babcock House was the office block up from North Sydney Police Station that housed the detectives. Yeah, big grey building, right? Correct. Yeah. And I've actually driven you and Teague and around that area, and we've done a bit of a sort of a reconnoiter. Yeah. Uh, and there was a laneway behind the detectives' office. And I got a job, it was a Saturday afternoon, mm -hmm. and I had to go to Babcock House, meet up with a few detectives, and I didn't really know what I was going to be doing, but I'd meet them to discuss. Just you? Just me. So, because when you're doing general duties, and this is something I've uh, not really clarified, when you're doing general duties, it's you and a buddy all the time. All the time. All, like, all the time. But you're saying that when you're a... 
when you're in forensics, you're a bit of a lone gunman. Well, forensics, um, fingerprint technicians. Sure. Uh, you're, once you once you know you've proven, you know what you can do. Yeah. And you're capable and competent. You're out. You're on the road. Because a few episodes ago, you mentioned that you didn't play well with others and that you didn't really like team sports. You liked solitary activities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think that's partly why you gravitated towards uh, that this field of policing? Yeah, possibly. Okay. Yeah. I liked being out on my own. Right. So you're out on your own on this afternoon. Head across to Babcock House. Yep. Right, and uh, was greeted by uh, two detectives mm. that that were waiting for me, which is a bit weird. They were sort of actually standing out the back waiting, and they began to tell me a bit of a story that they had someone in custody mm. inside, and then they were, um, I guess I can use the word, interrogating him. Yeah, and they showed me this uh, white Holden <clears throat> Commodore uh, sedan. And they said, we'd like you to go through the entire contents of this uh, car yeah. and look for, um, you know, any uh, fingerprints, any any circumstantial evidence. Is it on site? Uh, are you having to go to a crime scene? No, or? no, no. They'd, they'd move the car to the back. So it's parked outside the detective's office is at that, North Sydney. Is that not risky? Are they not going to risk destroying evidence? <clears throat> um Look, I didn't ask any questions. I just had this car. The car may have may well have been towed there. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, but it was absolutely uh, chock a block. Uh, it was full of pornography, right? And um, I had to go through, and it was really, really dirty and messy, and the car was sort of weird. And but you know, I'm saying, and I sort of went to go. I was sort of collecting all all the evidence that I could possibly get, taking lots of photographs, and then I started to go down towards the office to let them know that I'd completed my investigation. Yeah. And uh, the door opens and there was a detective and he said, look, uh, thanks very much for all your help and, uh, you know, we're handling it from here. And he uh, he looked a little bit dishevelled, this de- detective. And I remember his uh, his shirt was sort of... Um, his shirt was sort of hanging out of his pants a little bit. I thought you said that detectives were generally immaculately they coiffed. Are, they okay. were. But this particular guy was dishevelled. Right. And he had um, what looked like... Uh, human shit on his shirt which I thought was a bit weird and I said look you know what's the story and he said look we're, we're interrogating uh, we've got this particular guy inside and that's his car and, and y- y- you can't come in which is, again was super weird you're generally were they not going to get you to fingerprint the guy your job was just to canvas the car look, I was just doing what I was told sure okay uh, but the whole thing was a little bit crazy yeah um, you may well decide to edit this particular um podcast okay. i know i know you normally never touch the podcast we try we try not to no but, but so I'm, i'll just tell tell the story and then you can decide later okay. as, to, as to what you want to pull from this mm. but it was pretty obvious that he had um excrement and I, I i doubt it was a dog and that'd be weird um so my assumption was that it was human excrement and he looked as though he was involved in like maybe there'd been a struggle. It was the whole thing was weird, but I wasn't allowed in the office, and, I, and I'd actually been in that office many, many times when I worked general duties down the road because that's they were detectives that were stationed to, at North Sydney, and quite often as a uniform police officer, you'd take prisoners up there, and I was involved in investigations and interrogations of prisoners in the detectives' office. But on this particular day, but one thing I did notice was that um, it was a Saturday afternoon. Generally, Saturday afternoons uh, in the world of detectives are very quiet. They've only got a skeleton crew. Yeah. But funnily enough, they'd actually, um, from what I could gather, they'd brought in a, a pretty well the full contingent of detectives from North Sydney um, in on that Saturday. Right. So they'd called in a lot of staff. And I was sort of putting bits together as to what I could, you know, 
glean from what was happening. And this detective, um, he was he was pretty uh, pretty friendly, and he uh, then volunteered to tell me a bit of a story because obviously I wanted to find out, you know, what I was doing, yeah, and who this particular offender was, and. So there was a bit of mystique around it. Like I wasn't allowed to go in, but so something was obviously happening behind closed doors yeah. that I wasn't privy to. Okay, so it turns out that the guy that had worked at um, the Stain Hotel in the Carvery mm. was a German a visitor who had a work permit, I assume. Yeah. And he worked um, for years down there. But uh, in his spare time, he was a rapist. And uh, we had, we had some pretty heavy duty rapists on the northern beaches. One of them was called infamously the North Shore Rapist, um, and they had very big surveillance operations to try and catch him. That was a very interesting one in, in that they believe he was an itinerant worker, because the rapes in particular in or in relation to this particular guy were only happening in summer, so they believed that he uh, perhaps was a transient person or he was living away from Sydney during the winter months and was coming in and his uh, mo. He would scale um, uh, buildings, uh, residential buildings in Manly, not dissimilar to the guy that the cat burglar. We all remember that story. Who fell on his face? Yep. The, the, his face looked like a pizza. Um, but this particular rapist, what he used to do, he'd because it was summer, so people that are um, very high up in high rise, uh, they feel safe, so they would leave their sliding glass doors on their balconies open mm. and get the beautiful sea breeze all night. Because, I mean, let's face it, if you're living high up, you think, well, you know, sea breeze, it's a hot night, I'm safe. But this particular guy is to scale the um, uh, the balconies. And here's a little fun fact. You know how a lot of people have got deadlocks on their uh, front doors? Yeah. Now, very few people actually activate the deadlock. Now, what a deadlock is, you, you're inside, you then insert the key, you rotate it, and you lock the door so you're actually locked in. Yes. And then... In theory, you look. There are many schools of thought. Should should you then take the key and hide it somewhere? Downside: if there's a fire, you've got to then find the key. Yeah, you've got to somehow fumble in a lot of stress. Insert, rotate. But what this particular guy, this rapist, and probably other criminals do is the first thing they do when they get into your apartment through the sliding glass door on the balcony, mm. they go straight to the um, the front door and they check. Okay. Because if something happens, they want, they're disturbed, they want to be able to get away really quickly. Yeah, sure. And there have been cases in Sydney that I was personally involved in where, um, and this is going to freak a few people out, is that there were um, some women were raped uh, while sleeping next to their husbands. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Think about it. That's a that's a pretty scary um, thing to happen. That's that's the level of sort of um, evil. Well, and and also high adrenaline, yeah. uh, high thrill seeking. That's that's the level some of these people are working at. So, this particular guy, what he used to do, he would um, he picked up a, a hitchhiker because people used to hitchhike a lot in Sydney back in the day. Yeah, um, I'm not sure whether it was. I mean, no one hitchhikes now. Well, there's a hitchhiking story in the book. Remember? The guy with the ninja stars? Mm, oh, my God. That was amazing. Yeah. But, okay, so when you say this guy, you're talking about the person who is inside being interrogated by these detectives on the Saturday. Mm, okay. And, and this detective decides to tell me yep. uh, a bit of the background. And it turns out that he worked. He was the guy that worked at the carvery. So that sort of unnerved me a little bit. I think he'd been actually serving me food, but he was also a rapist. How did you know that he was the guy at the carvery? Oh, they showed me some photographs. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, so that was pretty, pretty messed up. But what he... Um, used to do, he used to, uh, well, on one particular occasion, he picked up a, a nurse um, from one of the hospitals on the north northern beaches of Sydney or the North Shore. Yeah. And he um, he took her to a place in the Lane Cove Park, which is sort of a quiet national park uh, on the on the north north side. And um, I'm, I'm really conflicted telling this story because it's fucked up. Change as many, obfuscate <clears throat> as much as you want. I don't. Mm. I don't want you getting upset. No, no, no. But the thing is, um, yeah. Anyway, so what? What he? Um, uh, what he did? He used to. Uh, there's no. What? There's no easy way of telling this story. Um, one of the things he used to do. He he had a scatological uh, fetish. For for listeners that don't know what that means, he liked shit, and he used to get the girl to um, remove excrement from her own body. In front of him, anyway. Then he'd, he'd he'd rape them and do all sorts of terrible things. But then uh, he'd run them over multiple times, and then he'd uh, set fire to the the corpse. Okay, it's fucked up. So, what happened was the detectives had found out that he was also wanted in Germany. Uh, now I don't know what he was wanted for, but he was going to be extradited back to Germany. So the police at North Sydney realised that um, you know he was not going to. Uh, I think what they were hoping was that he'd serve time here. And then for the heinous crimes, but then he'd be then sent back to Germany. But something happened whereby, from what I can gather, it was determined that he'd actually was wanted for some really serious shit back in Germany. And he was going to be sent back to Germany without uh, standing trial here. So the detectives uh, took it upon themselves to come in pretty well all the days um, that afternoon. And there's no nice way of putting this, Paul. Uh, They basically passed a bowl around and they all shat in it, or at least those that wanted to, and they then forced the prisoner um, to eat. 
the bowl of shit. Now that's off the record. Fuck me. There you go. So that's the story. That is a fucked up story. I don't think you could... You, know. you haven't heard that, have you? So I've never told that story. But anyway. Oh, boy. That's tough. I don't know whether that's going to make it to... You know. If it has made it, if you're listening to this and this story is in the episode, then uh, there have probably been some cuts just to keep things... I mean, people watch shows like Mindhunter and they follow serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer and they get really into the pathology of what makes a person evil. And I think people assume that those kinds of people only crop up once a decade or so. No. Look, you know, uh, with arson, yeah. have I ever touched on the fact that... Um, one of the things that uh, arson investigators look for is human excrement at fires. Have I ever told you that? No. Yeah, because one of the things that um, you know hardcore arsonists do is they shit at a fire that they've lit in. Why? Because it's a, sort of a release, and you know they might jack off and look. They do all sorts of fucked up things. I mean, honestly, look, it's yeah, but you can't deny these things. You know, they are... Well, they have to... Yeah, they happen. They happen. And, you know, does that mean that we shouldn't talk about it? Or, you know, what about the, what about that guy that was, you know, that they had to set up the task force? What guy? The guy that was going out every lunchtime. Yeah, in, in, in the performances at Martin Place and used to jack off over all the women. Oh, yes, of course. And they'd come back and, they, they, you know, their, their dresses were covered in bloody sperm. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I think of all the things in the world we don't know about. Think of the things that are happening... You know, here and now, think about the things. Let's look at the city of Melbourne today. There are things happening in Melbourne and Sydney and all over the world as we sit here. We don't know about yet, but they will come to light, perhaps. Some things don't come to light. That is really disturbing. Yeah. Because, I mean, part of the reason... We don't do this podcast to get our jollies. We're not sitting here going, oh, how cool is this thing? These are evil things being done by bad people, and we are trying to... I am conflicted by telling some of these stories. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But you know what? If we didn't tell all the stories, I, I, I don't think it's... Look, it's, it, it opens a whole um, can of worms in relation to censorship. Yeah. Um, you know, should the state have a right to, to censor? Or, you know, you've got this whole freedom of speech thing... Um, you know, if it upsets and hurts people. I'm, I'm, I'm continually thinking as I'm telling these stories about, look, it's been a long, long time and that, that's my, my saving grace in that because I'd hate, um, you know, the families. Um, oh God, imagine if the families listen and they hear things that they didn't know about, but then they might like to hear certain things, but not, not everything. It's, but yeah, it's really it's tough. It's tricky. Um, have you... Have you ever... Because that, that does bring up something interesting. The fact that you'd met the perpetrator mm. years before. Yep. How many other times have you stumbled across somebody involved in a crime, that you're, a case that you're working on, uh, in forensics mm. or otherwise, where you've gone, oh, I know you. Mm. Or I, well, at the live um, performance, we discussed Kim Barry, the, the girl that was had her head chopped off yeah. down in um, Wollongong. Mm. And did I say that night that I was in Manly one day and I saw him? Potter, the murderer, he'd been released from jail and I saw him down in Manly. I walked straight past him. Oh dear, that was that was heavy. When did you when was this? Years after he'd been released from jail. He's now I, I think he's still one of Australia's most wanted escapees. I think he's been on the run for maybe twelve years, but I saw him in Manly. Oh shit, so you saw you yeah, saw the murderer. 
that the guy that actually chopped off her head. And... Did, did he escape? Oh, no, he did time. Right. And then he was released under the truth in sentencing legislation. Mm. And I saw him in Manly and it really freaked me out. I was it was it was really upsetting because I've been it? involved in that case. But how can you how can you walk around in free society knowing that you've I mean don't, look it's complicated obviously like whether you know like forgiveness is a very complicated thing but that just seems like evil mm, unnerving but yeah look yeah look there are lots and lots of people in jail believe you me. I was up at um like a boys not a boy but like a juvenile detention center. Mhm. Up uh, north of Sydney, uh, yeah, many years ago, yeah, and we're just chatting away to one of the prison warders, and the place is full of people that are doing time, yep. but you don't know about most of them. And he pointed to this particular young guy, and he said, oh, "I see that guy there," and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and he looked, just looked like a normal bloke. He said, "What he used to do is he used to get people, uh, he'd have a shotgun pointed at them, and he'd get them to dig a hole, like a, a really deep hole. Then he'd get them to get in the hole. Then he'd um, he'd bury them up to their neck while I was still alive." And then you know what he did to them? What? He ran them over with a motor mower. Think about that. Yeah. He'd crank up the mower. Imagine being in the hole. You're looking at this fuckwit coming towards you with a, with a motor mower. And the, he sort of lifts the motor mower up and lowers it onto your head. And it's all over. Is it too simple and naive to ask why he would do that? Well, I don't know. But the thing is that that's just a person in jail that no one ever really heard about the crimes I mean there are there are heaps of people in jail that have done terrible things that you don't necessarily hear about right you know because there are people in jail being sentenced to, to prison every day yeah Gee. any questions do uh, we have any yeah oh god yeah I think we need to find some questions okay okay here's a good question dad did you ever ha- this is okay dad here's a good question this is from Dan Evans did you ever have a cat for that Okay, I got a question here from Dan Evans. Dan asks, Dad, uh, he's fucking Dan hell. is not my son. No, I know. I'm sorry. Hang on. Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay, I have a question here from Dan Evans. Dan asks, did John ever have a crime scene compromised by an incompetent senior officer? That's, um... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's an intense question. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was that terrible case of the lady that, was, but I mentioned this. It's you know the one where I'd hate using the word raped. I just can't can't hack it. But Don't, just I'll just cut this. And no, just but, go, I mean there was a major sexual assault, right? And uh, and the police just they couldn't help themselves, and they came from as far away as twenty kilometers away. You've already told that one, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any more? Um, no. No incompetent senior officers ruining crime <clears throat> scenes. <laughs> Not that I remember. Sorry. Actually, what about the case of the, the, the highway patrol officer that cut the fingers off? Remember that? No. All right. You what? sure? See, you say I get, you don't know my cases, and you're like, what about the one with the hands or the... Ha- okay. Okay. All right. So, I'm sh- I, I, Paul, have I told you? <laughs> the one about the highway patrol officer in the country town, and someone was run over by a train, and he we asked him, could he send the hands... To us? Have I told you this story? Hang on. I don't think so. And he asked us, we asked him to send hands to us. But why, why have why, So we could identify him. And what he did was he thought he'd save on postage and he cut all the fingers off. So we got 10 fingers instead of two hands. And of course, that was fucked. Incredible. The sweet guy was trying to save on postage. <laughs> Sorry. 
Did he send him in a fucking esky? No, he sent these ten fingers without they were not no longer attached, which meant meant we couldn't possibly, due to the complex mathematical algorithms, ever meant, ever identify that was a fuck up. Well, you can't tell what what finger they are, right? Exactly. But then, but then, hey, hear me out. Yeah. We, we on top of the old um, CIB, there was the forensic. There was like a roof, and um, w- what happened was, have I ever told you? You know when bodies are in the in the ocean and and they 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 sink and then they come back up and then by the time <coughs> excuse me we get the body we cut the hands off at the, at the morgue mm. but the hands are weeping hang on not crying they're so, sort of all right all right all right so okay so the, the the fingers being cut off is 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 pretty bizarre but um we'll we'll you know we'll get to dan we'll get to senior officers later in the season the, oh god that episode was um very very intense um Look, obviously, that's a that's a pretty intense episode. Um, telling these stories does kind of take it out of Dad, uh, and it takes it takes it out of me. Um, we really hope you're doing okay, and we hope these disturbing stories haven't taken too much of a toll on you. We put the trigger warnings up front, obviously, um, so that you have a chance to bail on a thing that might be really upsetting. Uh, but as we talked about during this episode. Terrible things happen, uh, and unfortunately, you know, sometimes you need to talk about them. Um, but if you need to talk to somebody, uh, feel free. If you feel like you need to take a break from the podcast because you're just a little bit burnt out, that's totally fine. Uh, but we do hope to see you next week for another episode of Loose Units, the podcast. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.